Okay, take two. <laughs> hey, how you doing? My name is Mike. Welcome to the Saturday morning FBTV video podcast, live streamed on YouTube. We do it every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody that uh, we are on YouTube, live streaming, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Now, if you missed the live stream... Okay, I don't know why. Okay, I, I'm going to say something, and it, it's even got me scratching my head. And I'll, I'll even revert back to when I was a uh, junior in high school. Maybe I was a senior. Class announcements. First period. A lot of seniors aren't there first period because a lot of seniors uh, in high school in my day, uh, they could skip first period or the last period. One of the two. Not skipping, but they, they should have had enough credits to be able to graduate. So instead of uh, a lot of them getting out an hour earlier, some opted to get an extra hour of sleep and wouldn't have to come in first period. But uh, one day, the uh, principal, during the uh, class announcements, first period, for those seniors that are not here first period, <laughs> So this is kind of what I'm going to be saying now. If you are listening, if if you missed the live stream, obviously you're listening to it, is what I'm getting at, uh, on the podcast, uh, using your favorite podcasting app, every Wednesday and Saturday, most Saturdays anyway, and the live stream's going to be here most Saturdays as well, uh, the live stream here on YouTube. The exception could be when I'm out on the boat. Hey, you know, but we'll make it up to you one way or the other. We'll still have the podcast. All right, Saturday, April the 9th. What's going on in the world? Well, if you tuned in Wednesday, I was going over this article. I was hoping to find time to talk about it Wednesday during the uh, audio podcast. Matter of fact, before we go any further, down below, if you're watching this on YouTube, Click the uh, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Ring the bell. That helps us grow. And if you are listening on your favorite podcasting app, don't matter, matter Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, I, I'm going blank. There's uh, Google, whatever. If you're listening uh, using your favorite podcasting app, make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Say something nice about us. That, that always helps us move up the totem pole. Even if you got a lie. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> but anyway, going back to Wednesday, I started to talk about this, and <clears throat> I thought, man, this is so nuts. You know, we could talk about this for an hour. And pretty much what caught my eye is, uh, well, okay, uh, let me... Let me uh, let me read the headline: Rising fuel costs slow spot rate descent. Okay, what is a spot rate? A spot rate is pretty much what we use on a daily basis as a freight broker. It's generally 
what the market rate is that a broker is paying a truck to move a load from point A to point B for a specific type of equipment. Now, rising fuel cost, slow spot rate descent. So, what they're trying to say is that the, the spot rate, if the fuel wasn't so high, the rates would be going down a lot faster than what they're saying they're going down. Now, let's look at the rates for a minute. Van rates are down 0.9% from last week. Flatbed rates are up 0.6%. Refrigerated down 1.5% from last week. Van rates are down 13 cents a mile from last month, down to 290 a mile. Flatbed rates are up a nickel, up to 3.44 a mile, and refrigerated is down 17 cents from uh, uh, down to 3.23 per mile. That's all from last month, and these are averages. <clears throat> refrigerated normally will be going down this time of year, but look for it to rebound here in the next few months when the seasons start up again. Dry van has to do, I think, more about manufacturers trying to beef up their production to catch up to demand. The freight's going to be there. The rates are down simply because, well, it's a competitive market. Flatbed's up, I've been telling you that, when we saw reefer skyrocketing and, and uh, flatbed kind of, you know, not moving or dropping here and there. Told you that'd be coming up this time of year. It's spring, construction season. If you aren't, you should be, if you're a broker. Uh, prospecting, working with the construction material shippers, roofing, carpet, Tile, lumber, steel, pipe, steel, PVC pipe, steel pipe, coils. See what I mean? Coils, you're going to find more in manufacturing process than you will in construction. But it's construction season. But you should be prospecting those. Try to stay a season ahead of what... Uh, of prospecting. Uh, in other words, the time to be prospecting construction material would have been back in January. You see what I mean? Okay. Now we're in the spring. You should be looking at summer stuff. Summer, you should start looking toward fall. Fall, start looking toward winter. If you're wanting to haul pumpkins in uh, late September, October, uh, you should be prospecting them in July. You, you see what I'm saying? Because that way it gives you enough time to get the relationships built up. All right, now back to back to this, what they're trying to tell us. I, I had to read this, and it's still, it, it's 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 still uh, people that have titles that are twisting words around to make it sound like they know a lot. <laughs> a politician, po politician talk, lawyer speak. Higher fuel prices are masking the true drop in the underlying freight rate. That's according to Steve Tam, vice president of ACT Research. On the topic of fuel surcharges large for higher carriers, 
are generally pretty well insulated from fuel, pri fuel prices spikes fuel price spikes through the imposition of fuel surcharges. All right. Let's talk about what he's saying. He's saying that a larger carrier are insulated from high fuel prices because they got a fuel surcharge. Now, how do those carriers get fuel surcharges? And when he says fuel surcharges, it's automatic. They automatically kick in with a large carrier. Why do they automatically kick in? Well, simply because a large carrier has their own customers. They've sat down at the negotiating table. They negotiated the line haul. Line haul, for those of you that aren't familiar with the terminology, that's just the base transportation charge, how much to move load from point A to point B. They negotiated all the accessorial type fees, extra stop, detention time, things of that nature. And they negotiated their fuel surcharge. We've got videos on YouTube talking about the fuel surcharges to help you explain. We've talked about it before in the past. But that's the uh, benefit of having your own customer because you can go in and negotiate these things. So when fuel goes up, large carriers, their fuel surcharge will automatically kick in and go up with fuel. So that allows the trucking company to maintain their line haul money and still make a profit because it, the fuel surcharge is offsetting the cost of the increase in the price of fuel. Now, on the other hand, if fuel goes down, obviously, fuel surcharge goes down. Now, when he goes on to uh, others, he's talking about the uh, people that don't, smaller carriers. So they tend to lag, and they are not able to collect for empty and deadheaded miles, but overall the big guys are covered. Smaller fleets and owner-operators, unless they are contracted to a larger fleet, huh, may not be as adept at protecting themselves. It's not a matter of protecting yourselves. It's called business, operating your business profitably. I don't care if you've got one truck, 20 trucks, 100 trucks, you've got to have your own customers. If you've got your own customers, yes, just, just like Steve says here, you're going to protect yourself. But most smaller trucking companies, they rely on a broker for all of their loads. Matter of fact, got a client right now, small owner-operator. We were talking just the other day. And, uh, yeah, he was quite honest about it. Yeah, he's been using a broker for 100% of his loads. He's hauled some direct freight here and there. Now, even if you're a small carrier, maybe you don't have enough equipment to really sit down and draw the uh, customer to the negotiation negotiating table. You should still have your own customers because maybe you're dealing with the... Uh, shipper, a customer, that is working with you on a per load basis. In other words, anytime they've got a load available that you want to haul, you're set up direct with that customer. 
they will provide you what is known as a transactional contract. Uh, in short, a shipper load confirmation has all the details on the load plus what they've agreed to pay you. Now, no, you're not going to be able to negotiate fuel surcharge or all that in-between stuff like a big carrier would or you would if you had enough equipment to draw the uh, customer to the negotiation negotiating table. <clears throat> but if you are working with these customers direct as a small trucking company, you're getting 100% of the rate. You're not getting the rate that the broker's paying. You're not getting a rate that the broker's paying your dispatch service that the dispatch service is paying you. You, you see what I mean? Now, I know you may be paying your dispatch service X amount out of the gross, but kind of get the idea. If you're using a dispatch service, you're getting double-dipped. The broker's taking, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, sometimes more percent off the top of what the customer's paying them. If it goes through your dispatch service, whatever you've agreed to pay them per load out of the gross might be 3%, 5%, 7%, whatever. Yeah, by the time it gets to your truck, man, it, it's, you know, 20, 25, 27% off the top, you know, from where it started at with the uh, customer. So even though you may not be able to sit down across the table and negotiate your own fuel surcharge or contract with these shippers because you're not big enough, if you had these customers direct, you're making 20 plus percent per load. See what I mean? Yeah, check out Tautoa website. we got videos on that, how much you're losing if you're using a broker 100% of the time. Actually, it's not you're losing. It's money you're not making that you could be making. Now, just do the math. If you're a small trucking company, owner-operator, do the math. You know, figure out what you uh, maybe grossed last week or last month. Add 15, 20% to the top. See what I mean? You know, that it turns into a lot more money. So when these fuel prices get out like this, you're able to uh, weather the storm. But these guys, they talk like uh, smaller fleets and owner operators. It's just a natural thing. It's just, you know. And I don't get that. It shouldn't be a natural thing. You know, I've gone over this before in the past about how we got into this situation with uh, what's considered natural now to what was considered bad business 20 years ago. And I even tell my clients, you know, a broker is the most misused tool in the transportation industry. A broker our main purpose is to provide backhauls for carriers that need to relocate their equipment to a desired destination more times than not that desired destination is going to be where their customer is located 
But for some reason, somehow, and I know why, I know exactly why, brokers have become small trucking company dispatchers. And I'll be honest with you, if you are, are a small trucking company, it's much wiser to use a broker than a dispatch service because a dispatch service, yeah, they may provide some uh, bells and whistles, you know, add some fluff to it, but pretty much what they're doing is you're paying them a percentage for the load they're getting off the load board. In other words, you're paying them a percentage on a load they're getting from a broker where the broker's already taking money out and it's not illegal. I know they've, Washington has been working on doing some things to make it some type of a gray area, working on the way for it to be illegal, but I, I don't see how they could make dispatch services illegal. But if you're a small trucking company, you, you want to be thinking about that. Now, let's go on with this. Spot rates are going down despite diesel prices. Okay, that's according to Mac Pinkerton. He's president of the North American Surface Transportation at C.H. Robinson. One of the, if not the largest broker in the country. Ask any truck driver about C.H. Robinson and you're going to hear them talk cheap rates. <laughs> Anyway, spot rates are going down despite diesel fuel prices. Why are spot rates going down despite fuel prices? Well, I'm going to tell you, spot rates are generally calculated separate of the fuel surcharge, which is an average. Okay, They're saying here spot rates are going down. Why is that? At the beginning of the year, uh, Pinkerton said that... Uh, we had an unusual confluence of events. Truck drivers taking long holiday breaks, then getting sidelined by Omicron, while consumer spending was still going strong, and retailers were trying to replenish inventory on their shelves. All right, now think back. Uh, around this time, we had Pete going out to the Port of L.A. All those ships backed up. waiting for their turn to unload. It's just been weird. you you got to admit, the last, well, since at least November of 2020, things have not been right. That's been nice about it. And people keep on trying to find all these excuses. Spot rates going down. Okay, one thing. Why are spot rates going down? Now, this this is where I'm getting to my point. A spot rate is what a broker is paying a truck to move a load from point A to point B for a specific type of equipment. Spot rates are determined by what a broker is paying a truck. Now... This goes back to the question, okay, who actually sets the rates? The shipper? The broker? No. 
the trekking company sets the rates. So if the spot rates are lower, it's because trekking companies are hauling loads for the cheaper rate. This reminds me of 2008, 2009, when we had the Great Recession. And fuel prices, fuel prices had shot up huge, huge, big numbers like they are today. I don't think they were as high. I know they weren't. They're not as high as we've seen with this $5 a gallon stuff, but they got up there. And within the first six months, after the fuel prices and the recession, the Great Recession of 2008-2009, something like 2,000 trucking companies went out of business. Why? This right here. Well, they're talking about right here, spot rates going down. Why are spot rates going down? Because trucking companies are agreeing to haul freight at a lower rate. They aren't forcing the brokers to go back to their customers and say, hey, you got to pay more. This just isn't going to cut it. Here's the deal. Why should a shipper pay more or even a broker pay more when there are trucks out there that will haul it for the old rate? See what I mean? Back in 2008, 2009, I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. Trucks were hauling freight for the pre-recession rates rather than making the uh, brokers or customers go up. They were hauling it for whatever they could get. Trucking companies were actually losing money per mile and they were trying to tell themselves, but we're making money. We got money coming in. Yeah, you got a negative cash flow. They were trying to create a, neg a cash flow, but if it's a negative cash flow, you're going to pay for it. You may not pay for it today, but you're going to pay for it because you're going backwards. This is what's happening today. If you are a small trucking company, I know you got truck payments. I know you got insurance. I know you got taxes. I know you have all of this. But you've got to stop putting your foot down. No. Say, if it's not enough, put your foot down and tell the broker no. If everyone would start doing that, rates would correct themselves. As a small trucking company, you should know how much money it costs you to run that truck a mile down the road. Period. You should know that. You should know how much it costs you for tires per mile. For service work, for driver pay, insurance. You should know, you should have that broke down to cost per mile. Once you know your cost per mile... Now you know exactly how much money you've got to make to break even. So anything above that is going to be profit. See what I mean? You can't run this, well, okay, I'll make it up on the next loan. 
So how do you get there? Well, you've got to get your own customers. I mean, that's bottom line. You've got to get your own customers. But I was reading this report, this article, and that's what I was saying. Everything, talking about how the spot rate's coming down, fuel prices going up. If it wasn't fuel for fuel surcharge, the spot rates would really be taking a hit. But for a spot rate to be paid to a truck, the truck has to say, I'll do it. You see what I mean? Gotta say no. That's how price that's how you get the rates up. When the trucks will not haul the freight, shippers go up. Think about it. It's supply and demand. Okay. Bottom line. You wonder why freight is so cheap coming out of South Florida? Because shippers know. There's always more trucks in South Florida than there are loads. What do you think would happen if uh, trucks started saying no to that cheap freight? Well, the shippers got two options. Close their doors, file bankruptcy, call it a day, or start paying more. <laughs> it's uh, pretty simple economics. Pretty simple economics. That has really been weighing on my chest since I saw it, first saw this article, and, and it's really bothered me. Because they, you know, it, it don't matter who they talk to. They talk to uh, that ACT research. They talk to C.H. Robinson. They talk to DAT. They talk to Truck Stop. All of them saying pretty much the same thing. Spot rate, spot rate, spot rate. It's easy fix. Look, the broker cannot get more money out of the shipper if there's somebody out there that will haul the load for what the shipper's paying. Yeah, the broker's going to take a cut. That's what they're there for. But there is no reason for a shipper. Okay, let me explain. The shipper's going to they're, they're going to tell the broker, hey, we're paying this much to move a load from point A to point B. Okay, the broker's going to figure out what they want to pay a truck. They got a bottom dollar. They're going to start at that bottom dollar. Okay, I mean, that's just... just Common Sense Negotiation 101, alright? The broker can take that rate up to a certain point. They got some wiggle room. More times than not, they do. Maybe not be a whole lot, but there's room in there. But if it gets to the point to where the broker cannot afford to pay a truck any more than what they've offered, they've got to go back to their customer. See what I mean? So when this starts happening, they'll be going back. They'll absorb some of that for the time being, but eventually they got to go back to their customer and say, hey, we can't get a truck. Nobody can get a truck. What do you think is going to happen? Customers are going to have to pay more. See what I mean? Yeah, eventually then. All, all transportation cost gets, you know, uh, eventually makes, it way, makes its way to the consumer. But understand the trucking company sets the rate. All right. We have really gotten off on a tangent. Usually Saturdays are reserved for Q&As. And uh, didn't think about that before we started this morning. 
because I was thinking the other day, man, this could take a whole podcast. Well, like I said earlier, you know, this could take uh, this could be a whole series right here. So that's, uh, you know, that, that that that's what we've done. You know, no Q and A today. I think this has a uh, lot of information you may want to think about. Now, my name is Mike. Yeah, I'm the host of the uh, FBTV podcast, the FBTV videos that you see on YouTube. I'm also the lead consultant at Taltoa. Check us out, Taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. We have, actually, we help trucking companies, too. Matter of fact, we've got a couple of different trucking companies right now we're working with. They are adding a brokerage to their operation. It's going to allow them to create an additional stream of revenue. And let me tell you right now, if you've got if you already got a carrier operation, you got your own authority, you're working as a trucking company. If you go out here to start your own brokerage, okay, that's fine. But set it up as its own corporation. It's separate entity from your carrier operation, all right? The reason is, you know, God forbid something happening, but it is what it is. If you go out here with your truck and, you know, you you, uh, get in an accident, damages somebody's property or injury or worse, it's going to be court, going to be a lawsuit. If your brokerage is under that same corporation as the trucking company, guess what? Its assets are open to that lawsuit as well. But if you set the brokerage up as its own separate company, corporation, it's untouchable. And vice versa, if something happens with the brokerage, uh, lawsuits or whatever, they can't touch your carrier operation. Anyway, uh, at, at Taltoa, you know, we, we help trucking companies. We, we help freight brokers, freight broker agents, people wanting to get into the industry. We're able to do that. Uh, we provide placement for those wanting to enter the uh, industry start a new career as maybe a freight broker agent. What is a freight broker? What is a freight broker agent? A freight broker is generally the one who holds the license, the company, to operate as a freight brokerage company. The freight broker agent is an agent, independent contractor, working under that freight broker's license. So it's legal for them to broker freight, but they're brokering freight as a freight broker slash freight broker agent for that company. In other words, they have a title of freight broker, but they're contracted that freight brokerage. And what they're doing is seeking out companies that have freight. They're getting loads, finding trucks to move those loads. And as they have success doing that, they make a commission on the load. Load commissions can vary, and you're making the commission off the profit. I call it the load net. But the profit of the loan, you know, if, uh, standard commission, well, even in the mentorship program, our clients that uh, work through the mentorship program, should they move a load, yeah, they're on a, they're able to make 60% commission on profit. At a load, at a $500 profit, commission would be 300 bucks. Get the idea? But I will tell you this. Our mentorship program is designed actually to allow a new freight broker agent someone new to the industry, the opportunity to begin their broker operation 
as an agent through us under a licensed broker. Begin getting the experience, building a customer base, so you can move forward. You go out here and try to get a contract with a brokerage without a book of business or experience, you're going to find it's an uphill battle. Not to say you can't, just an uphill battle. But anyway, check us out, Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. If you got any questions about any of our packages uh, or our services, feel free to call me, 479-668-0838. My name is Mike. be happy to help you any way I can. All right, what else is going on? Okay, usually this is Q&A day. Seems like I had a question, but I don't see it that I, I, I was going to try to make time and get to, but Next week, next week we'll get back to Q and A. This is going to be a long video uh, for YouTube. It's going to be about twenty something minutes long because we got stuck on that topic. Usually the YouTube videos aren't that long, but oh well, figured it might be. Anyway, for a Q and A, if you ever got questions or anything like that, feel free to email me at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. If you go to our website freightbrokertv.com, I've been telling you for a month or two that. Uh, going to be undergoing some remodeling well it's been done it's all put back together now it's pretty neat go check it out also uh, on our website uh, our forums go to the contact page if you got a question you can fill out a form submit it come right to us skype fbtv that's where you will find us fbtv send a message call us whatever you want to do okay on fbtv skype now, on uh, Freight Broker TV, too, i I, I got to bring this up. Man, we've got a cool mug for these uh, FBTV podcasts. <laughs> it's cool. You've seen my FBTV mug that I've used uh, occasionally, and I've shown you here on these podcasts. Matter of fact, we got the uh, new mug. We haven't got it yet. It's that new. It uh, should be here next week, and so next week, be looking for it. But we've got pictures of it from what the uh, company has provided us. It's on the uh, Freight Broker TV website. Check it out. They're available to order. 11-ounce mug, pretty cool. Uh, it's a wraparound type. It's not just two-sided, it's wrapper. Anyway, you'll go check it out, FreightBrokerTV.com. All right, today, Saturday, April 9th. Today is Cherish and Antique Day. So cherish me. <laughs> I'm an antique, what, two, three times over almost? Now, what do you got to be, 20, 25 years over an antique? Yeah, two times over anyway. Chicken Little Day. The sky is falling. Unicorn Day. One day. Oh, we did not do a, an impossible question. We still got time for this. Uh, it's not that difficult anyway. Which country produces the most blueberries? What country would you think that would be? Blueberries. Blueberries, blackberries, strawberries. I like it. Boy, I miss my blackberry. Anybody have a blackberry phone back in the day? The good blackberry phone. Man, I like my blackberry. This is what, 2004, 2005, something like that, before iPhones. And technology just, just kept evolving. There were things that were not great about BlackBerry, but I liked the design, liked the feel. I wish they could have done something with the graphics, you know, like we have today. Anyway... BlackBerry came out with that, an iPhone-type device after that original good BlackBerry. 
and uh, I was thrilled to death about it to have the uh, BlackBerry again. <laughs> one year, one year, it quit. It just died. Just refused to work anymore. But anyway, we're stuck with these rascals. But anyway, which country produces the most blueberries? We'll get back to that in a moment if I remember. Also remember coming up uh, for you drivers out there, May 17th. Mark that on your calendar, 72-hour road check is going to begin. CVSA doing their annual thing. Birthday today. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. You're in pretty good company. Jim Fowler, Wild Kingdom, was born in the state back in 1932. Mama Walton from the TV show, Michael Learned. Born in the state back in 1939. Meg Ryan's ex, Dennis Quaid. His birthday today. If you ever saw that movie, Mystery Alaska. Russell Crowe. Movie. Know what I'm talking about? Now check it out if you haven't. If you like hockey, if you like sports. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much got its all. Uh, Mystery Alaska, Ryan Northcott. He's uh, having a birthday today. Today in history, First Lady Lucy Hayes begins the first egg rolling contest on the White House lawn. This happened back in 1878. Bob Hope makes his first television appearance 72 years ago today, back in 1950. Wow, it's hard to believe it's been this long. 1965, the Houston Astrodome opened for the first time. The Houston Astrodome, the first domed stadium. Uh, two years later, the first Boeing 737 rolled down. In 1992, the record for the heaviest chocolate Easter egg is set. If you want to break this record, man, oh man, oh man. 10,482 pounds and 14 ounces. That's a big egg. I bet people are still eating off that egg. <laughs> anyway, they uh, they did that down in Australia. All right, that should uh, pretty much wrap it up for this Saturday version. Anything else? I uh, think not. Let me go through here, double check, make sure I'm not missing anything. Told you about the mugs. Told you about us at Tautoa. Uh, answer to the impossible question, which country produces the most blueberries? The answer, the U.S. of A. All right, very good. Okay, I know we didn't do any Q&As this week, but we will next week, I promise. I just had a feeling that uh, that, that article really just blew me away. How they could, uh, rising fuel costs, slow, uh, slow spot. It, uh, it just it just totally confused me. Some of these people take, you know, a little white speck on top of a chicken dropping. It's it's still chicken dropping. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, all right. Hey, go have a good Saturday. Go have a good weekend. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. We will talk soon. Take it easy. <laughs>